All right, welcome back to the Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We are in partnership with the Black and Gold Hockey Productions. You're here with co-host father and son duo, Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you this evening? Doing great, Andrew, and this is our Christmas episode here, or, or Hanukkah, whatever you uh, celebrate. We're here with the great Dave Capuano. So Dave, welcome uh, back to joining us. Well, it's good to be here. Merry Christmas to everybody and um, happy holidays. I've got, I have my Christmas background, Andrew. If we uh, if we put this on YouTube, look at that. Your stepmother said, did a great job decorating. I think she'd be upset if you didn't put it on YouTube. So now you got to show it off. I know. She was like, you're going to post this? I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll have to. So <laughs> it'll be good. All right. Well, Merry Christmas to everybody here. And this is our special Bruins update. And we've had a few requests for this on Twitter. And one on Instagram that I saw of, of uh, hey, we need a Bruins update. Have uh, Cappy back on. Uh, the Bruins are doing great. So, Dave, why don't you give us quick uh, your overall thoughts of the Bruins? Obviously, it would be positive, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, uh, not much to be negative about with the best start in the history of, uh, of their organization. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think that there's two takeaways from, from this year. I, I think. Obviously, a coaching change was needed. Um, whether deserved or not, I, th- I just think, you know, sometimes, you know, five, six, seven-year runs for coaches are a long time in that dressing room, especially when you don't have any turnover. They don't, you know, they have the same leadership. And I think um, I think they needed that. And I think that Jim's done a great job and, and he's a great communicator. And right now he has their ear and, and, and they all believe in him and, and I think he's he's showing that he trusts everybody in that lineup and not just trust them. But, you know, I think everybody feels apart when they get to that rink. And, and it's definitely showing. And obviously the second biggest part, I think, is is secondary scoring that they're getting. Yeah, absolutely. And right now, just uh, for some stats for people that don't know, I mean, the Bruins are not showing um, too many deficiencies uh, so far this season. They've been staying really consistent, first in the league in penalty kill at 85 percent. They're in the league with power play at almost 30 percent. First in the league, obviously, in goals allowed. They have 67, um, at least at the time when I checked yesterday during the game. That might have changed. But second place has 81. So there's definitely a large gap there. But the only thing, Capri, that I've noticed – um, they are seventh worst in the league in taking uh, minor penalties show, so far. They've been shorthanded a total of 120 times this season. But it doesn't really matter because they're currently sitting at first place in the league at 26-4-2 and two record. Um, and I thought that, uh, you know, you want the Bruins to have a, a strong start to any game, Cappy. But uh, I guess it doesn't matter as long as if they're down 2-0, they're able to, to climb back with uh, – yeah all the 60 minutes in the game to have that time to, to win. And then with Felino with the game winning uh, goal of what the last six minutes, I mean, it's pretty impressive, but do you think that it's a concern at all with the Bruins kind of having slow starts and having to catch up or does it work for them? Well, I think a lot of times it depends on, on the case. It depends on, you know, did they travel? Did they, you know, was it a back to back? Um, did they have three to four days off? I mean, I think those, are the things that kind of sometimes creep up on you in the 82 game schedule. Um, But obviously right now, I mean, I don't think they really have a lot of concerns. I mean, I'm sure it's something that uh, the leadership will talk about in that dressing room, but more importantly, um, they're getting, if they get behind, I think that no one in that dressing room is, is losing faith 
and anyone, and they all looking around going, okay, who's going to pick us up tonight? So uh, I, I think it's a good thing. And I, and obviously I can't, you know, I, I've been hot on Coyo a little bit in the past with, with um, his point production. Cause I think he should be a 40 point guy in this league for as much ice time as he gets. And, you know, hopefully he's on his way to, to, to be in that. And, and, um, and I'm just really impressed with him defensively too. I think, I think that line with him and Felino and, and Frederick is a heavy line and it's tough to play against kind of like almost like the Island is fourth line we've talked about in the past. Uh, I think that line is, is becoming uh, somewhat of a, a really tough line to play against. And when you have that line and that to throw out there to change the momentum of a game and for them, they know they want to get down there, play deep, change the momentum, get puck possession and, um, you know, get the other guys going. It's almost like a, a, almost like years ago when, you know, you had a fight to, to, to get a team going. You don't see that today. So you need other things to do it. And I think that's one thing they're doing. Let's start with the forward lines, Kathy here. So uh, of course we have the Marchand Bergeron DeBrus line is always producing. What are your thoughts on the resurgence of DeBrusque? Um, and let me just run down a couple of stats. So Marchand with 24 games, he's uh, nine goals, seven, 17 assists. Bergeron, 12 goals, 14 assists. DeBrusque, 11, 12 assists. Um, and they're all like a plus seven, plus 17, plus 11. What a line. But what about the resurgence of Jake DeBrusque? Well, I mean, I mean, after the second half of last year, I'm not sure it's so much a reassurance and you're playing with with two guys that, you know, are two of the best in the league. So, I mean, I wish I had that opportunity. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think he's a, he's a great skater. I, you know, I don't think he's a natural finisher. I don't think he's a natural goal scorer by any means, but I think he's 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 very skilled. He, he gets his chances. He skates well. And I think um, it's the grit side of things that he needs to just keep getting better at and come playoff time. That's what you need. Well, and it looks like uh, Patrice Bergeron um, hasn't been slowing down either. Obviously, his dad said 26 points. And um, as of last night, 32 games played. And I've noticed that 32 games played is huge because um, normally Bergeron's taking some time off, some maintenance days, like kind of like Marchand does for injuries. But he's stayed healthy. He's played every game third in scoring on the Bruins and over 60% at the faceoff dot so far. Do you think that, uh, I know Bergeron is a year to year thing. We can't really um, predict what he's going to do, but at, at this pace, I mean, why would Bergeron retire if the team is staying strong? Right. Um, do you have any maybe predictions there or, or any opinions on that? I, I, I don't, I wouldn't even think that he would. I think at this point he's going to enjoy, enjoy the ride. And when that, you know, when the season's over, I think he'll make that determination. Um, I mean, I think it's possible that with the way the team's playing this year, that he would come back for another year, if you ask me, um, because I think he thought in his mind he was going to come back for one more year, but not sure anybody could predict um, the success that they've had this year. So you you don't know. Um, And it's a family thing, too. So. Well, and so I know the lines have shuffled throughout the season, Cappy, but I want to go ahead and go towards the second line now, which I know has kind of 
shifted here and there, but it seems like uh, Montgomery likes the check line together. Um, Zaka, Krejci, and Pasternak. Seems like the gamble on the Zaka hollow one-for-one trade has been well worth it so far. Um, he has three goals, 19 points, plus seven and 32 games played. Um, what are your thoughts on him on that second line in general? And obviously we'll get to Taylor Hall being bumped down to the third line, which I wouldn't consider being bumped down. But uh, what do you think about that line and Zaka as uh, that latest addition for the Bruins offseason? Well, I think it's, it's, it's great flexibility. I think, you know, to have um... – you know, I'm, I'm sure that the, the Czech guys, you know, if they want to play with Zaka and I think it's more their style, I know how that goes. And I think Taylor Hall is a type of guy that can play basically with anybody because um, he's going to do a lot of the stuff himself. So, you know, I think that line's been tremendous. I think tremendous as, as a far as producing enough. Um, and you know, a lot of it goes to, you know, back to the power play with, uh, Krejci on that power play and, you know, Krejci, you know, that, you know, the first thing they talk about is, you know, creating a, a team up the middle, um, and with Bergeron and Krejci there and now Coyle, obviously, you know, with the season he's having and, and as well as he's playing defensively up the middle, you're, you're, you're just really, really sound. And obviously on the back end with Charlie coming back, I think it just, you know, number one, he was rested. And number two, now he's, 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 you know, getting his 24, 25 minutes a night. Um, you know, obviously the Bruins are in, uh, you know, I mean, they haven't gone through the injury bug. They haven't had, um, had that really hit them all in the beginning of the year, but they started with that team. So, you know, and their goaltending continues to just be really, really solid every single night. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to, you know, have, have grown up with David Quinn, who's the head coach of the Sharks. And, you know, a lot of our conversations, you know, it's about goaltending in the NHL and the same thing with my brother. And you need to, you need to have above average goaltending every night to win the NHL. Well, and so I also want to get your opinion on this, Cappy. Uh, Zaka obviously signed a one-year deal, three and a half million dollars uh, with the Bruins, and I believe will be a, uh, res- a restricted free agent uh, during the offseason. I could be wrong, but also um, Pasternak as well. Um, obviously, he's doing well. Twenty-three goals, forty-five points, and thirty-two games played. So, still our star player. He's on his last uh, deal in the contract as well. So, obviously, my question is: Do you think it's worth it? to re-sign Zaka or at least visit that option. And do you have a prediction just based on where it's at? I think it's strange. Pasta hasn't signed yet. Maybe that's normal, but uh, do we trade pasta at the deadline? If there's no deal being made yet. Um, What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I I just can't see what the year they're having to trade pasta at this point. Um, I think if they were, you know, struggling to make the playoffs or, you know, even a team that wasn't expected to make a run, I don't, I, I think that they would entertain that for sure. But having the team they have right now and b- basically being, you know, top three of the Stanley Cup um, finalists uh, as, as predictions here to win it, I don't, I think it would be a, a, a really a difficult thing to let him go. Um, so, it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously I think everybody would like to see him sign the contract and get it done, but I don't know. 
you know, I mean, I guess he's probably sitting there going, well, next year I could be without Bergeron and Krejci, you know? So, you know, and then Marchant could be two years and he's done. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think he wants to know that he's going to have a good team to play on for the next several years. Cause I don't think it's been about money for him since day one. Dave, what do you bring us on the inside of the business of hockey? So is pasta have, is he just getting updates from his agent or is he leaving it to his agent? What does a player do when you're in the middle of a season having a great season, but it's a contract year how much is the player actively involved in negotiations? Well, I don't think they're, I don't think it's that active. I think because you're sitting down with your agent before the season starts. Now, obviously he's having a great season, which I can't suspect that they didn't think he would have anyways. So they probably have discussed what, you know, pasta wants, how he feels and what way he wants to go. So, I don't think right now Pasta's too worried about his contract. I mean, obviously, he's going to be a millionaire five times over. Right. And I just, you know, I think he's going out there and he's playing. And, I, you know, just from knowing him and his personality through the years, I don't think the money aspect's a big deal for him. And um, I'm sure the agent is pushing for him to get as much as he can get. But... Um, you know, I think it's, I think for him, from what I've read, it's more so about where the team's going, where the team's going to be and to make sure the team's going to be in a good place for the next several years. If he signs a seven, eight year deal. Moving on to the third line, Hall, Coyle, Frederick. So the Bruins really showing their depth here, uh, getting the secondary scoring from all the lines. Hall continuing to show his worth. Coyle's having a strong season. Uh, and Frederick also stepping up and boy, what an improvement he is this season. Hall, 13 goals, 27 points, uh, coil, nine goals, 17 points. Frederick, six goals, 17 points. And now so, Dad, uh, yep. Taylor Hall, second in scoring on the Bruins. I just want to say that. And for the Trent Frederick doubters um he is i know dad you love your plus minus he is second and plus minus among forwards on the bruins and he's also third overall um among the entire team and plus minus and he's only taken five minor penalties this season so he's really cut down on taking those dumb penalties that he had trouble with when uh, he was under bruce cassidy and has his role shifted at all with a new coach so dave what do you think of those thoughts I don't think his, I, I mean, I, I don't know if his role has shifted, but obviously I feel like he is not, you know, listen, he's a, he's a skilled guy. And when skilled guys, I've been there, when skilled guys are pressing because their coach is more a, you know, chip it in, no turnovers, um, you know, I think it hurts the skilled guys. And I think that Montgomery has let them play. And I think they just keep getting better because as they, as he's letting them play, they're becoming even better defensively um, because they are making smart choices. And it's not, I'm not saying that, you, you know, I mean, obviously you can't turn the puck over in the NHL because it comes back on you so fast, but in the same token, you got time and space. And as a coach, I know I would feel that way is, you know, I want you to do something. I want you to make a play. And I think Taylor Hall is not afraid to make a play this year. And I think, I think it's showing. 
as, as with everybody else. I think everybody else in that locker room is, is not afraid to make a, make a play this year. Yeah, and so obviously now moving on um, from the third line, let's take a look at that fourth line plus the additional depth. Um, we really haven't had to um, go into Providence and pull out players like we have in the past few seasons, you know, having the uh, introduction of McLaughlin. Um, the only person I think we called up this year at the very beginning when Marshant was injured um, was Jacob Lauko, who um, at least produced first his first pro goal and assist in seven games played this season. But you have Nick Foligno, Thomas Nosick, and then you have um, A.J. Greer and Craig Smith switching out on that right wing. So um, obviously Nick Foligno, six goals, uh, 16 points plus nine. He had the game-winning goal and the main primary assist in the go-ahead goal last night. Um, what are your thoughts on the fourth line? Clearly, we've needed the fourth line that we wanted to replicate since 2019 of Achari, Nordstrom. And, yeah, uh, and, and hasn't Felino played a little bit on that third line with those guys too? With yes, Frederick? he has. Yeah, and he yeah. played a lot more in the beginning of the season when Marshall yeah. was injured. So, um but just yeah, again, I mean, up. you know, I mean, obviously Craig Smith is, has been a, a little bit of a disappointment. I thought last game he played with a lot more jump um, for some reason. And you don't know. I mean, we went through it last year with Felino being hurt. And, you know, you know, he, he might, you know, maybe he's feeling better. Um, but again, it's just the added depth and the, and the, and the, the added depth and, and the fact that these guys are, are able to play and play their game and know their role and and come to the rink every night knowing that I, I think is why the Bruins are winning, you know, so much and, and playing with so much confidence. Well, and so it seems like the, a lot of the fan base um, hasn't been too big on Nosik this season. Um, what are your thoughts on Nosik's play? I think that he's definitely turned it on on the later half of this season so far. Yeah, I, I think he's played well. I, you know, I think that, you know, he's playing with confidence. And I mean, you saw with AJ Gray, you know, early in the season, a couple, couple, you know, couple points here or there, a couple goals go in, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you, you're, you stop playing with, you know, obviously they're all there for a reason, right? You, you don't make it there by mistake. So confidence is a huge, huge, you know, point in this, in this game. And then, and he's playing with confidence. And I think every game, it seems like he's getting a little bit more and, and um, feeling more comfortable. And I, I think as that goes along, I think, you know, he could be uh, one of those guys that, that could be a sleeper, you know, in the playoff run or as we get closer. That's right. a good point. Andrew, what do you think? Nick Felino? Yeah, I got to make my public announcement, my apology, <laughs> because, uh, you know, Cappy had called it and told me to probably shut my mouth before the season started, but I didn't. I didn't listen to him as I always do. So, um, yeah, now he's definitely turned it around, and uh, I've got to eat my words on that one. So, Uncle Nick, I'm I'm, I'm very sorry. That's why I don't play in the NHL <laughs> or <a> professional <laughs> analyst. <laughs> um, now, Cappy, I do have a question just to cap off the four uh, lines, um, just because it's fun to kind of speculate um, from the news from a few days ago. I don't know who said it, but uh, apparently the Bruins are going guns a-blazing allegedly, um, on trying to acquire Patrick Kane at the deadline. Do you think that's possible? Do you think the Bruins should even screw with the lines that much, just focus on depth? What do you think of that? Well, I think if you're going to add Patrick Kane for a playoff run, I, I, I think you've got to do it. Um, 
but it's it's a matter of what you're going to give up, right? Yeah. So is the is moving was it moving Smith, uh, Andrew, uh, putting him on waivers? Uh, was that part of just cleaning house for some room for a trade? No, that was to clean house for the cap that day is what Montgomery okay. said because he was immediately recalled the next day and played that game last night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just a weird cap thing. But dad, yeah, who, who, do, who, do, who do you give up? I mean, what's Kane worth for a, a playoff run? Posh or not. What? I'm just trying to think of a way that you got to clear it out because you got to have the cap. I know it's not the same cap hit or, you know, against the salary this late in the season, but I'm just thinking if Pasternak doesn't want to resign with the team, the Bruins will be forced to trade him. You can't let him walk for nothing. And I just don't know who else we could trade right now. Marchant? I mean, he has a no move clause. No, you're not going to, you know, I mean, don't forget Patrick Kane is what, 37 years old? Right, right, right. I don't know how old he is. I'm just guessing 35, 30. I don't know. He's up there. I mean, we don't we don't have a uh, analyst in our ear telling us, but um, you know, I, I'm not sure. You know, Chicago is going to get a ton for Patrick Kane, so I mean, you're taking you're, they're getting they're taking the salary, and that's basically you know something that they need to Chicago needs to get rid of to you know create and 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 from the, and start from the drawing board again with with Kane and Taze, so. I'm not sure you're going to give up. There's no way you're giving up pasta unless you said pasta is not going to sign. You know, yes, it's a scenario that could happen, I guess. Um, but that would be very surprising. And I don't think there's no way Marshawn's going anywhere. No, I would hope no. So, so jump it, could be, it, it could be more definitely a first. They could be looking for taking the salary in, in a first, a first rounder for the next two years. That would be my guess. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. How about we just give them our first round picks for the next five years or until the GM goes away? Yeah. It probably wouldn't hurt, would it? No. Oh. Probably All right. Not. So jumping down to the D line. So uh, McAvoy, Grizzlick, you got Carlo and of course, Lindholm covering the first two lines up and down, whatever combination looking at Andrew stats, he put together. It looks like uh, they're all, in the plus some of them really plus 17 plus 15 plus 24 plus another 15 the d's getting the job done overall and i like clifton with his offensive scoring recently i mean this guy's kind of stepping up at least catching my eye every time that i'm watching what do you think of the bruins d dave well i mean the, the team hasn't really lost so they all better be plus um I mean, I think they've been great. And I've been, you know, I was a little bit hot on Kahlo and, and from the beginning too. And I think he's playing better. I think he's, again, you know, he had a lot of injuries and, you know, maybe he's feeling, feeling better. And, you know, I, I think with McAvoy coming back, I think, you know, McAvoy's taking up 25 minutes a game. You know, you don't have to do as much. And I think that's, that's the key for a lot of these guys. When, when, when beginning of the year came along and those guys were a little more susceptible to, to playing a lot more minutes than they used to, I think you can, you can see some deficiencies that normally you don't see, but I think they're obviously playing really well. And I, and I think that they're all playing with a lot of confidence and, and I, and I, I, I think the power play has been great. They've been, they've been really good in the power play. And, and there's only been a couple of times here or there where I think that you, you know, 
you know, that they weren't themselves and weren't, they were a little lackluster back there and, and making some plays on the power play. I watched a couple games ago. It's just, but I think that's, a, that's part of an 82 game schedule when you have that. But, um, you know, overall, I think you, 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 this, this whole defensive cough has been really, really solid. Well, and obviously I know that um, we sometimes like to give it to Don Sweeney, but obviously that trade for, for Lindholm has really paid off. And, you know, we had, what, 13 games, I think, without McAvoy. And I think Lindholm really took uh, the bull by the horns there and um, really showed that he's a number one defenseman. I think that between him and McAvoy, I mean, spread out the love across the, the pairings. And he leads the Bruins D-men in scoring, plus 24. He leads them all in that as well. Um, but Cappy, my, I want to move down to kind of the depth in that kind of last pairing that obviously kind of changes up here and there. I know dad mentioned Clifton, um, but Forbert, he's kind of came back from his injury, his, uh, broken finger. And I think he's been playing well and he's obviously chipped in some points, two goals, seven points and 21 games played. Um, but what do you think about Mike Riley, Anton Strawman, Jakob Saboral, some of the guys that we thought were really going to do well this season, especially Zaboral. Um, don't forget, he was really hot last season before his torn ACL injury. What are your opinions there? Do you see the Bruins moving on from them soon, or do you think that that's just perfect depth to have, good problem to have? Well, I think Zaboro's a young kid. So, you you know, and, and this is why exactly they went out and did what they did with Lindholm, because you can't find defensemen. So, I, like I said, I, I give Sweeney, you know, an A-plus on what he did there. Now, you know, and I'm sure he was sitting there going, wait, I'm going to have Lindholm and McAvoy for the next seven years. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about, you know, Lindholm, you know, logging 25 minutes and, and McAvoy logging 25 minutes some night. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, that that's that second and third tier defense, you know, you don't need you know, a Bobby Orr back there when you, when you have those two guys and, and, and that's, you know, any, and especially with the salary cap. So I think that Clifton been great. I think that for Forbert coming back has been really good. I think he does his job. He blocks shots. He, he, you know, he does all a lot of little things. And like I said, Kyle's been much, much better. And um, I don't know. I mean, I think Riley and Zaboro is going to give them, you know, they're going to, they're going to give them, a little bit the depth they need to, to guys that can step in when these guys get hurt. So I'm, I'm hoping Zaboros continues to get better because from what I see, I think he's a great first pass guy. And I think he just needs to get confidence where Riley's a veteran that, you know, I think, you know what you get. Moving on to goaltending. Um, obviously all Mark, I was impressed with him last year, uh, this year. Wow. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, earning his, I think, what is it, 5.5 mil a year, Andrew? Yes. Yeah, what he's more upset he, about. It's crazy. He, well, I was too. I thought it was too much money. But then again, at this point, it's, you know, it's friggin' Monopoly money to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's you know, I'll never see anything like that. Anyway, he's playing great. Swayman, uh, Dave, what are your thoughts? The goaltending's been solid, but there's been some criticism on Swayman uh, with inconsistency. Can you even can you even talk about goalies? Are they that weird, Dave? Are goalies that weird? Um, well, most of them are, but uh, you just um, 
I think right now, obviously, Omak has been tremendous. I mean, I, I, you know, I think he's seeing the puck and following the puck as as good as any goalie in the NHL, and he's anticipating as well as any goalie in the NHL. Uh, some of the the glove saves that he makes, obviously, he's anticipating and he's seeing the he's seeing the play before it happens, um, and 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 that's a gift. That's a gift. That's not something that you can be taught. That's a gift. So, you know, as far as Swayman goes, Swayman's he's done what he's needed to, to, to do. And yeah, he's been a little bit inconsistent, but again, a young kid coming right from, from Maine, you know, he's his second, third year. It, you know, it takes time. Defensemen and goalies take time. Well, I was about to say too, Cappy, uh, Linus Olmark. I mean, I think he's been perfect this season. And I think he's been leading the league in every um, stat category. There is just about um, four goaltenders in the league. Um, do you think that that kind of puts Swayman as the backup for a little bit longer? Because like I said, I think it's just going to be better for um, him to gain that experience rather than being thrown to the fire, like a Carter Hart you know, from Philly at the time. And um, because I can see Swayman just not as consistent, but he is seven, three and two. So um, what are your thoughts on just everybody thinks Swayman's the next guy up, which I do, but I think if Omar continues to play like this, he's our number one goalie for years to come. Yeah. I mean, let's look at, I mean, Omar, he's at a basically a nine forty save percentage with a 1.89 goals against. I mean, that's crazy. So I mean, you're talking, you know, you're talking someone who's, you know, right now the best goalie in the NHL. So, you know, and that's including Tampa's goalie. I mean, and Swayman's, you know, almost 900 save percentage. So, yeah, it's, but again, you know, he's played 11 games, or 12 games, whatever he's played. So, you know, you know, he's he's played half the minutes of of Allmark, but enough to give you, you know, yeah. seven three and one two record. So I mean, I don't think the, you know, people want to complain that you know if he has a, a a bad night, but again, when you're not playing as much as someone's used to playing, that can be tough too. But again, I think you're right saying that it's a perfect scenario for him where the pressure is not on him to go out there and have to carry a team. And so, a couple of things that I noticed that um, give us your thoughts, Dave, and, and your experience. Did you see this? It seems like the goalies are, are, are melding together. It reminds me of the late 80s of uh, Andy Moog and uh, Reggie Lemlin of the Bruins, where they kind of split the duties and they, they helped each other. They supported each other. I know that goalies are supposed to do that, but that's not always the case. I'm sure it's a very competitive position but the goalies seem to be melding together they get their little whatever the goalie bro hug thing they do but i'm hearing from the inside that they're practicing more together uh they're really like trying to work to get better or help each other get better um did you ever see that on teams or was it more of a competitive between the two goalies and uh well like you let me ask you that first have you ever seen that is that typical or not typical I think it's I think it's probably a little n not as typical as what they are. Okay. So I think it's a great thing. Obviously, if they're sitting there, you know, pulling each other. Um, but I think it's an individual thing. I think it's a makeup of the personality of each goaltender. 
some goaltenders that I've, you know, played with and, and especially in Vancouver, you, they were very quiet, very to themselves, very subdued. So it just wasn't in their makeup. Um, so again, I think it's a personality thing. And obviously I think it's a very positive thing. I was not uh, a big um, Cassidy fan, as everybody remembers. Um, I was glad to see the coaching change, but I do like him as a coach. And obviously he's doing well in Vegas. But one thing he did mention on his return to the TD Garden was something about it. Maybe you guys uh, can tell me more about it. He did say one thing he had to learn as a coach was about locker room culture. And the way that I read that or heard him say that, I can't remember which, I kind of had it. Maybe he was missing that component as a coach, as a coach, and and kind of underestimated or overlooked the locker room culture. Does anybody hear anything on that? Um, I think when you talk about locker room culture, it it's varies on every single team, and maybe he lost or never had exactly what he wanted to have as far as the locker room presence and maybe the guys taking to him kind of like the taken to Montgomery. So maybe he was discuss, you know, turning to a lesson learned on his part. Um, you know, uh, I think today's a different world. Like obviously I had Bill Belial as a high school coach who was, you know, will go down as one of the best high school coaches ever in USA hockey history. And he was a, you know, army drill sergeant type of coach. So, but he had such a presence in that locker room when we were in high school that obviously winning, I don't even know, 30 straight state championships. He, he understood the culture of the locker room. Whereas Times have changed today. Guys have changed. I see it with my son, um, you know, and I, I used to hear it with my son, guys complaining about certain coaches um, when he played. And I was kind of surprised because uh, that didn't go on when we played. And I think it's a different, it's a different culture today than it was 30 years ago. So Andrew, Captain, moving on just uh, from the Bruins and everything, I kind of just want to take a quick uh, look at the rest of the league, get your opinions on a few things because a lot has changed this season. I'm kind of surprised, but let's start with uh, the resurgence of the New Jersey Devils who have been yeah. on low, low totem pole past few seasons. They've been struggling, but have had that the youth. They've had some good players, Jack Hughes, et cetera. Um, they are now fifth in the league, 22 uh, wins. They have 46 points on the season. What are your thoughts on the New Jersey Devils? I don't know if you catch them too much, but uh, man, quite the team this year. Yeah, you know what a you know great run they went on. Um, I I think I don't don't know if you remember early on in the if you were on that podcast where I talked about I think this year you're going to see a little bit of changes in the NHL. Yes, uh, and I think I mentioned New Jersey is is one of them being one. Um, so uh, I think overall the NHL, you can see the changes that have happened. You can see, obviously, you know, 
Winnipeg is, is, has, has played great. I think Detroit, I, I think I mentioned Detroit, I mentioned Buffalo. Um, so I, I think, and I think that, I, I think I said that you'd see a lot, you know, a lot closer, you know, playoff runs this year based on, you know, the, I don't think you're going to have that. You don't think you have that many teams that are running away with things. Um, obviously the Bruins are one of them, but if you look at, you know, Detroit with 35 points, Buffalo, 35 points, Florida, 34 points, Montreal, 34 points, Tampa, 40 points, you know, you're one or two wins away from being right there. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, obviously you want that good start and I think New Jersey got off to it. And I think, um, I think you're going to see Buffalo hang in there too this year. Well, yeah, Buffalo has Tage Thompson, who, Dad, I don't know if you've been seeing his highlights or hearing about him, but the kid is turning into one of the – is going to be one of the best centermen um, in the NHL for years to come. And um, they were looking to trade him just a few years ago when he they thought he wasn't working out. So good for Tage Thompson. But, Cappy, I want to get your opinion on um, Montreal. His, his father was in the Islanders organization when my brother was there. Great guy. Oh. Great kid. Um, early on, I wish I would, I don't know if you're in any, any, um, fantasy hockey leagues, I would have told you to take them this year. I don't know if you were, I, I don't do it, but I would have been one advice to me early on. I wish I would have told you. Yeah. He's, he's definitely been quite the surprise and even had what six points or something in the first period, a couple of games ago. So he's been impressive, but Cappy, what do you think about the Montreal Canadians? I mean, they were, they went to the cup finals, what, two years ago, um last place last season just about and they're struggling this season new coach who i thought was working out well for him had a good system the way he was bringing his approach they certainly have the talent they signed kirby doc um, during the off season they've got um, well-known guys josh anderson all these big players what do you think is going on over there they're 15 and 15 and three this season yeah, i think it's goaltending so early on hurt them yeah um so and uh, again i think the league is you know, Andrew, it's a tough league to win in. Right. And if you go up and down the lineup, you know, you got St. Louis, you got Nashville, you got Col- even Col- Colorado, but you got Ottawa, Montreal, Florida, Buffalo, Detroit. You, you know, you got a lot of these guys that are, you know, almost 500 teams. Right. And it, it's tough to win on a nightly basis without goaltending. And I think that kind of hurt them going on, but I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of, I, I really like Marty St. Louis and I, I like his coaching style. And I, I think it's a, a great opportunity for someone like him to, uh, but it might take him time too. Right. So um, yeah, I think, uh, I think, again, I think it's goaltending and I think that they're, I think they're one or two players away, to be honest with you. I've watched a few of their games. How's the, uh, any updates from your brother? How is uh, Ottawa doing? Uh, how are they working to get better? Because they went from being sort of a laughingstock team to now they're, uh, they're in the thick of it. Well, they got back to 500 not long ago. Um, they've had a ton of injuries and um, they're starting to get healthy again, but then they lost Stutzel again. And Josh Norris, they lost for, you know, Again, it's kind of like the Bruins losing Bergeron for, you know, 30 games. So I, I just did not deep enough to to get through 
those events, but they are definitely, definitely coming through. And I think if Norris gets healthy and Talbot can play the way he's playing, I think they're going to, they're going to make a late run and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be one of those teams. You're not going to want to play the last 15 games. Well, and they're certainly not a bad team either. I know that, that, you know, people say, well, stats say differently. They are ranked 26th among the whole league right now. But if you look at the goal differential um, from number 21, all the way to 32, everybody's in double digits except Florida, um, who's the next right up to, to rank 20, but only minus six in gold differential. So I don't think that they're too far off. I just think, like you said, just a depth issue, maybe just producing a little bit more. But I don't I don't think Ottawa's too far off, even though they're falling behind in the standings. I just I, I still have a lot of faith in them and Detroit as well. So um, they, also, they also, you know, they lost Talbot for the first you know month of the season. So that really hurt, too. Right. Exactly. What about uh, is Tortorella cleaning house the way he should in Philly or is Philly going to need to clean house with torts? Seems like he had a strong start, kind of struggling back to the sort of same old, same old there for a Tortorella team. Yeah, it's kind of tough. I mean, there's so many guys in the league that don't that have played for torts that don't like them. And, you know, uh, it's a tough. Obviously, you know, I, I think that you need you need talent and goaltending to win in the NHL. And I don't think they're, you know, they're getting, they, I don't think they have the talent and, and the goaltending has been up and down for them. So um, I think that's, that's an experiment that might not last too long. Well, and you got guys like Risto Ristolainen that's played, what, 25 games a season. I know he's a defenseman, but he was kind of more of an offensive defenseman at 1.2 and he's got absolutely nothing on the scoreboard. Um, he's well in the minus, um, just a tough team right now to kind of get together, but obviously Torch talked a lot, even at the beginning of the season saying guys like Travis Konechny, um, after a bad practice that they had, he just comes in there not caring and saying, who's ready to go to Hooters and go drink tonight and everything. And definitely said that the attitude is certainly not there. Um, and really all they're really doing is fighting a lot this season. So I don't really see the end of the tunnel um for them at for being very positive this season in my opinion no and that's you know that's probably gonna they're gonna make changes as the season you know maybe at the end of the year they might make a trade and go younger again next year and and you know work them work their way out of it you know obviously columbus is a a bit of a surprise to me i i, I thought they would be a little bit better um but they're not getting the goaltending either but they're also not playing great and lion a was out for a long time but i just don't think line a is someone you can lean on um as a first line top guy to, to lead your team so interesting there and obviously you know um vancouver's been a little bit of a surprise but um hanging in there you know you're around 500 you go out and win five out of six or six out of seven you can be right there same with Ottawa. they go out and win five out of six all of a sudden you're right there. So what did you think of uh Torts benching uh his leading uh goal scorer on the team, Kevin Hayes? I mean, obviously yeah, not not surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, if he doesn't like the way you're playing, I mean he's gonna take he's gonna take that guy and make an example out of him and and um he's gonna do what he thinks is best for the team. It's not the first time it's happened with him, and not the first time it's happened with other NHL guys, but he's an old school guy, you know, and like we just talked about the you know, maybe Cassidy has a better handle on his locker room because maybe on the way to Boston, 
Cassidy learned a few things that helped him in bank in uh, Vegas. So, and, and not so, to be a dead horse or anything, but do you think that towards his coaching style, just any type of coaches that have that style, do you think that that's starting to really run dry? Cause it doesn't, in, in my opinion, just watching the games, it doesn't really seem like he has the players support as much. It seems like there's definitely a rift. I mean, do you think that that style is kind of bleeding out now? I think, I think it depends on the team. Like I said, 20 years ago, it worked. Now I just don't see it working. I think right. they, it's a different, it's, you know, guys are different today. Yeah. Guys ask why today. I mean, we didn't, we never asked why, you know, guys today ask why, how come, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. So bringing this uh, to a conclusion and back to the Bruins, obviously the Bruins locker room seems to be a happy one, uh, but of course they're winning, but do they risk getting overconfident? Meaning like things are great. It's party city right now. Uh, you got great leaders with Bergeron and uh, Felino in the locker room. Everybody's stepping in, but could it run the danger of being overconfident and then they start running into trouble? Or does it even matter? Well, I think you have the leadership in that room. And I, you know, obviously I'm curious to see they go out and they lose two or three in a row. What's going to happen? They're 26 right. and four. They go out and lose three in a row. You know, does does the chatter start to happen that, oh, you know what? I should be playing with him. I should be doing this. I mean, that's the negativity that starts in. I mean, that's what you don't want to see. And and I think, you know, obviously Montgomery's a very positive person. And, you know, hopefully when it happens, he, he they ride the ship and they they and they pull out of it because it's gonna happen. They're, you know, they're certainly not gonna go, you know, 70 and six. I mean, it, or eight, you know what I mean? It's you know, they're going to get a couple injuries. They're going to have a couple bad games of goaltending and a couple bad puck bounces, and it's going to happen. It's too early for the uh, Capuano uh, prediction. We'll uh, leave you off the hook at least until uh, after the new year when the uh, trade deadline happens. But uh, this year, I think, Andrew, we're going to need a definite answer because I couldn't put any money down last year. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. But you better listen to Cappy. He's been right. I was right. I was ready to put money last year, but he he kind of he kind of you know balked on it. I don't blame him, but we're gonna have to nail yeah, it down. I, no, I I Tampa was my team, and I and I but I I felt like they had too many injuries, and obviously with Point out, you know I, I love Point as as a as a that 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 guy that could could lead them if if Kucherov and Stam and Stamkos didn't didn't have it and. They lost, they lost, they lost him, and that was it. So, I mean, injuries have a lot to do with it, but let's see how the, you know, let's see what about 25 games to go. We'll, we'll have to make a prediction. There we go. There we go. Well, Dave, Merry Christmas to you and your family. We'll uh we'll officially uh hang on, we'll say goodbye off here, but officially we we can't thank you enough for once again joining us, becoming a very popular segment in the Lindroff Hockey Podcast. Well, I, I, I enjoy it. And I, uh, I, I'm, I enjoy talking to Andrew and, and Andrew, you know, admitting, you know, some of his faults <laughs> um, and, you know, Merry Christmas to all you guys. And I, and, and obviously we're glad that Felino has, has, you know, is, is healthier and playing and playing his game and playing better. But um, 
Sometimes it's just a little bit, a little, a little thing that can make a big difference. Absolutely. There you go. All right. Hang on, Dave. We'll say goodbye off air. Everybody else, Merry Christmas. And we'll see you at the uh, beginning of the new year.